0: I'm going to get my movement in later today. That's what I say. Shay will make them pay. And we're back. We're good. We're okay. JP Sears is on the way. JP Sears. Actually, we already recorded this one. But uh, if y'all don't know who JP Sears is by now, you're not alive. Um, JP has... JP is fucking awesome. I mean, he's been a longtime friend. We've become closer and closer over the last two years. Just... um due to the courage and the strength this guy's had, stepping out and um, communicating the truth. And we really dive into all things current events. We recap, you know, the last couple of years uh, from our our, st- our perspective, you know, and, and really the road that we've taken and why. And um, it's awesome. You know, one of the things JP said on this podcast that really <laughs> was fantastic was, you know, the police state of the algorithms that have been set up uh, via our social media and um, tech giants like YouTube and things like that, is Google, is um, it's funny because it's not hyper-intelligent yet. You can tell we haven't quite made it to super-intelligent AI, or at least the AI is throttling itself to not let us know that it's reached that level yet. And one of the reasons for that is JP can get away with just about anything, um, on his YouTube, and it's because he's careful not to say the magic words, not to say the old vax word, not to say or just not just spell it out in plain English, even though as you watch his videos, it's pretty fucking apparent what he's talking about. One of my favorites, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes, is one he did on life jackets. So watch the life jacket video, Life Preservers, if you have not watched that yet, and you will know within 30 seconds what he's talking about. Uh unless your head's in the sand, but your head's is not in the sand. If you're listening to this podcast and you have been. So I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I love spending time with JP. He is ultra fucking busy. We talk about a lot of the things that he's been up to. He's been a part of some really, really cool events and big movements going on. We talk about the big movements going on internationally. Uh, he was the perfect follow up to David Ike. There's more unique and beautiful perspectives on everything happening in the world right now. I love JP. Thank you for doing this brother. And um, we'll do it again. You know, couple times a year for sure. You can support this podcast by sharing it with your friends, share it with people who want information like this, and also by supporting our sponsors. Our sponsors make this show possible, and they're hand-selected. They're hand-selected from me or a very small committee of people who know me inside and out. Um, My assistant, David, who's with me right now in the office is fucking awesome. He knows what I like, and it's about 80% of the time if they send me something where I'm like, that's a fuck. Yeah, only 20% of the time where I'm like, no, that ain't going to cut it. And with every time I say no, they learn a little bit more about what I want. But trust that every sponsor that's on this podcast is, has been hand-selected. Somebody has either known that I would like them or I myself reached out to get these guys on. Um, a lot of people in the world want nootropics. They want to be able to access thought memory and uh, to retain information better. You know, it's one of the most common things I get asked from my days at Onnit to dive into all things cognitive optimization, total human optimization. That was always a question and a theme. And a lot of people talked about Alpha Brain and some different products that we made. But the truth is, you know, in all of my experimentation with nootropics, very few offered me the energy and the nootropic in one. It's always, you know, take co- coffee with this and then that's going to help and um You know, caffeine is a hell of a nootropic, but it's also a double-edged sword. It can make us jittery. It can make us feel weird. And when these guys developed um, Purpose Plus, this company Sovereignty, local guys here, it really blew me away because they thought about all of that. They thought, how do we give people sustained energy? And how do we counter the negative side effects of caffeine? And they added a ton of adaptogens from Ayurvedic medicine to adaptogenic uh, mushroom blends, and CBG, which is a cannabinoid that helps you think more clearly, and Bacopa, and a lot of the nootropics you've usually heard of, but all of these master plants in unison with a bit of caffeine from an organic source, and then a bit of time-released caffeine to sustain you. And this is not a lot. It's like a cup of coffee. I think it's 80 mg in the whole thing. Um, but that combined with a nootropic is my very favorite cocktail for the brain. Purpose Plus has been backed by tons of science in their development and they've continued to do tons of science. I was a Guinea pig for these guys early on. They brought a machine in and they found that not only did it increase my metabolic rate, meaning I was using more energy and my, my, uh, body heat was, was turning up. It's a phenomenal pre-workout by the way. Um, but simultaneously my HRV increased, which means I was balanced. I was calm, but alert. And that that makes Purpose Plus something completely unique that no one else is doing. It is truly one of a kind. They have a phenomenal sleep product called Dream Plus, and they're doing an extra 5% off for all of my listeners right now to help kick off this, this new year with the most healthy and uh, you know, helping us achieve our most positive goals that we've written out for ourselves. It's absolutely phenomenal. Check it all out, sovereignty.co. That is S O V E R E I G N T Y dot C O, and use code KKP at checkout. You're going to get 25% off both Purpose Plus and Dream Plus. So you got your daytime, you got your nighttime. I absolutely love these guys. We're also brought to you by PaleoValley.com. Enter the discount code Kyle for 15% off everything in the store. You know, I'm always talking about these guys, beef sticks, because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of jerky. Uh, jerky. It makes me gassy. Uh, it's pretty dry, so it causes some gastrointestinal issues. I remember in How to Eat Move and Be Healthy, Paul talks about, you know, Paul Chuck talked about um, if you're eating a dried fruit, it's easier on the digestive system if you rehydrate it, meaning if you're going to have apricots, dried apricots, put them in a glass of good water and let them rehydrate, then you could dry them and eat them like that. It's going to be less, uh, less of a cost on the digestive system. I'm not doing that with beef jerky. I'm not doing that with my dried fruit. I just avoid it. But what's cool about the Paleo Valley beef sticks, there's many things that are cool, but one of the main things is that they include probiotics, naturally occurring probiotics, because they ferment their sticks. And that's great for gut health. They're juicy sticks. It's like I'm eating fucking beef. And their flavoring components are awesome. It's 100% organic, um, 100% non-GMO, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. And... um, all, all sourced here from United States domestic farms right here in the US. It's they're, they're, they're one of a kind. They truly are one of a kind. And all their flavors are great. They've got garlic summer sausage. teriyaki is incredible. The jalapeno is my favorite by far. Jalapeno can kind of go either way sometimes. Sometimes you get a jalapeno in real life and you're like, what's the big deal? This isn't hot at all. And then another time and it sets your asshole on fire when you're shitting two hours later and you're like, it feels like I got kicked in the junk and I have no idea why until it comes flaming out. Um, maybe that's TMI, but these guys, for whatever reason, have nailed the jalapeno beef stick. It has the perfect amount of spice. It never hurts the gut. It never hurts coming out the back door. It's just perfect. I, I would live on this stuff if I had to. And there's a great, a great supply in the apocalypse pantry, just in case we have to live on a unique protein source like that. But I use this stuff everywhere. I use it on flights, road trips. There's a bag of them um, in my my uh, work backpack. Am I saying that right? I want to say briefcase. I've never fucking used the briefcase. They're kind of baller though. If you're a yuppie, um, uh, you know, I'm thinking of uh, the yuppies in American Psycho. You know, the 1980s Wall Street guys. And I digress again. Anywho, grab some bags of this stuff. You're going to love it. Your whole family's going to love it. And um, it's one of the healthiest snacks you could ever come up with. These guys have pulled no punches. They have not cut any corners on this. It's high in omega-3 fatty acids, glutathione, uh, fat-soluble vitamins and minerals, conjugated conjugated linoleic acid, which is the fat that burns fat, bioavailable protein. They're keto-friendly. And they truly are the best protein-rich snack to grab on the go. Check it all out, paleovalley.com. Discount code KYLE for 15% off everything in the store. And they've got a lot of great other supplements as well. We're also brought to you by Upgraded Formulas. I recently had Barton Scott, who's a local in Austin. I said, come out to my event I'm throwing with Fit for Service. It was our first immersive. Godsey and I did a solo cast. Not a solo cast. Godsy and I did a podcast. There we go. The two of us um, answering some questions on the IG and really diving into, we wanted to open source that event. And because I knew we were doing a five-day fasting mimicking diet and sauna and ice bath every single day, I knew it's going to take its toll on a lot of people. And one of the ways I wanted to mitigate so much detoxing so rapidly is by using their products. Upgraded Formulas has a whole host of nano-sized minerals that have been made, um, not micronized, but nanonized, I think. I always fuck that one up. Uh, they bring them down a nano size. And what that means is the size of the mineral is infinitely smaller than the size of your cell, which allows it to enter the cell incredibly easier than, um, you know, very large minerals, which, you know, happen. That's an issue if you drink well water without without um, filtering it. Plants do a great job at breaking that down, but then we got to break down the plants. And if you've read the plant paradox, that's a problem for some people. This is the way you get around that. And it's a phenomenal way to make your water a living water by adding minerals and remineralizing your water, no matter what the source is, hopefully not tap. Um, But if it's ultra filtered or if it's rainwater distilled, it's dead. There's nothing in it. So we added this to all of our water, 35 people, and it really powered us through this five-day fasting mimicking diet with sauna and ice bath every single morning for five days and um, it powered not just myself, but the entire crew. So thank you for that Bart and Scott. Thank you for that upgraded formulas. There's a lot of great information you can get out of um, this company. You can do a hair mineral analysis, which will tell you um, if you've got any imbalances with minerals And, and I've spoken about this before, my sodium was a lot higher than my potassium and with that thrown off, that created adrenal fatigue. I didn't have adrenal fatigue, but I felt like I had adrenal fatigue and it was simply, I needed to lower my salt and increase potassium. Wouldn't have found that out any other way. And um, I also have really high aluminum. So does my son. And we talked about that. I've mentioned that every time I do an ad for these guys. Listen to my podcast with Dane Wigington. People have heavy metals in their body. Aluminum is one of the most abundant. And you can get rid of that. But you got to know it. If you're not checking, you're guessing. And one of the ways we check on that is through a hair mineral analysis and a consultation from Upgraded Formulas. So check it all out. These guys are one of my favorite companies on earth, UpgradedFormulas.com. Use code KKP15 at checkout. You're going to get 15% off your first purchase, so order big. That is UpgradedFormulas.com and then KKP15 at checkout. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Organifi.com slash KKP. I had Organifi founder Drew Canole on the podcast. Drew is a soul brother right from the jump. I fucking knew it. He had an incredible story. I first heard him on Paul Check's Living 4D. And as with many of my guests, I reached out to Paul. I think Drew might have reached out to me personally, but I had already reached out to Paul trying to get a hold of Drew. Um, Drew's done some amazing work in the world. He started this company, uh, really built on the back of a community where he saw a need and filled a need. He was looking at um, people doing different types of health amendments like juice fasts and things of that nature. And he saw it really, you know, on a daily basis is a pain in the ass to clean a juice machine. I watched Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. I've done three week juice fast and mostly two carb heavy and, you know, fumbled around and played with all sorts of different formulas. But even still, you know, I talk about this. I was never putting the ingredients that Organifi puts into their elixirs, the green juice, the red juice, I just wasn't putting that in my juicer. So, you know, from a micronutrient standpoint, from an adaptogen standpoint, they really weren't that good. And now I can take a scoop of Organifi Green. I have at least one, if not two a day. Uh, Bear and Wolf, our children split, split one a day. They love it. It tastes fantastic. There's only three grams of carbohydrates in there. So you don't have to worry about blowing out your pancreas and creating insulin resistance and weight gain and all that other shit you're getting so much plant medicine into one scoop and you can shake it and never worry about cleanup or any kind of mess and the time that it takes and the inconvenience of juicing is just gone. It's gone because Organifi thought through this and made such an incredible product uh, with Organifi Green. Organifi Red is phenomenal too. I take this pre-workout. It's got uh, a bunch of different adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms in there that help you get the most uh, oxygen output. While you're doing cardio or lifting heavy, it also helps you recover faster. And then the gold, that's the, that's the nighttime right there. So the trifecta is greens by morning, reds pre-workout, and gold by evening. And you're going to be right as rain. Check it all out, Organifi.com slash KKP. That is com slash KKP. And you're going to get 20% off everything in the store. All right, without further ado, my dude, J.P. Sears.
1: Makes it save even more time. But yeah, a little known fact you can tell how old someone is by the number of wrinkles on their anus. Oh, it's kind of like lines in a tree? Yeah. Like when they cut the redwood? So Fauci put out some latest anus science and uh, shows that's one way you can validate how
0: old someone is. They're, yeah, that sounds like Fauci science. <laughs> it does. We got, we got, uh, I do have to keep it to an hour. I was hoping we'd be able to rock longer, but I got to call it noon. So hour and change, um, no rush. There's no shortage of stuff to talk about. You've been on a roll um, forever, but, you know, really in the last couple of years where we've been force fed uh, the amount of shit that we've been fed from the media and from the government and the unelected officials that claim to be running the country, but are in the world for that matter, and to a certain extent are, as long as we allow that. Right, I had, well I, had uh, I had David Icke on yesterday, and oh hell yeah, or not yesterday Monday, but he was he's phenomenal. I mean, he, he just did his sixth interview in the last two years on Brian Rose London yeah. Real, um, three and a half hours, and overwhelmingly positive. You know, he was saying like it is it is only the power that we give away is literally just that. Yeah. the authority only has the authority to which we relinquish our own authority. And like the, just to, to have that seed planted over and over again for three and a half hours was like fuck. That's it. It really is. Yeah, it, it,
1: it's important. And and I love that message of David Ikes because he can have some intense stuff, super informative. I can't validate or invalidate any of it. Super interesting, but his take home message—it's so pure. It's so powerful. It's so like helpful. And, and I remember. I think it was summer 2020 when he and Brian Rose were doing their initial round of interviews. His take-home message was, don't function out of fear. Fear is the only way the few can control the many, and that's us giving our power away. But man, the and I need these reminders all the time that we are such powerful beings that the only way someone can control us outside of physical slavery is us um, agreeing, us consenting to a fear response, and then we're the master of whoever's indoctrinating us with
0: a hypnotic fear. So yeah. we have the power we always have. Yeah, and how much? How much? The, the the how much power? You know, thinking about that, like it's literally. He, he used the analogy like uh, they're driving up to a fence and there's a gate. And where, where we open the gates, they drive forward. Mm. They're not driving fast. You know, they've been driving faster the last two years, but they just keep driving. They go into the next gate and we say, Oh, sorry. We opened the gate and they just keep going until we say, fuck no. Yeah. You're not coming through here. Go back to where you came from. Right. So like, it's literally that the tiptoe marches on. Um, But we have seen some really positive things as of late, you know, with, with the rollbacks in the UK. Um, the Supreme court struck down Biden's, um, at least his main mandate. I know there's more mm -hmm. that need to be killed, but that's also a positive. That's massive. Yeah. And now we got to protect, um, or at least protect the rights of, of, um, frontline healthcare workers, teachers, things like that, you know? So there's layers to the game and we're by no means, um, can you, can we sit here and claim victory, whatever the fuck that means. But at the same point in time, things are definitely shifting from where they have been.
1: Yeah. And a question for you on that as the narrative is, it's crumbling before our eyes, but the the question of caution I have for you is, do you think that's because the call it the tyrannical powers they are, they're basically sacrificing a pawn on the chessboard in order to then make a bigger, more devastating move. Or do you think they're genuinely retreating to try
0: to save their whole house of cards from crumbling? This, this is such a good question. It's one of my favorite questions. In fact, it's such a good question that it was one of the first things I asked David Ike. I said, said, Hey man, you're in the UK, you know, better than I do. Uh, he knows better than I do about all this shit. He's been talking about for 30 years, but it, it, On the one hand, while I wanted to celebrate victory in the UK and what they're doing in Canada, it felt like it could be loosen, you know, or tighten, loosen, tighten even harder. Right. You know, and I wanted to make sure that, and he said there really is, um, there really is enough pushback from the masses, especially in London, that enough people that surround him, especially with elections coming up, like they got to protect their own ass first. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom, you got to protect your own ass first. Right. And then just, that's just to stay there where you can abuse power. If you want to be in a position to abuse your power, you got to stay there. And I think um, they recognize that. So he thinks of it as a win. I think of it as a win that said, you know, I had a question for him. He didn't have an answer. We don't know yet, but we saw event 201 um, sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation um, with Johnson and Johnson And Johns Hopkins and a number of key players in the COVID game, uh, months before it verbatim, fucking just 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 folded up verbatim, and then we go through the pandemic plandemic, and that brings us right up to, um, literally almost word for word, you know, and of course you know Operation Lockstep by the Rockefeller Foundation, written as if it was already so, word magic that was 2010, Mm. and they call out the shots, you know, of, of the big pandemic and. Um, the media's job to, to get rid of misinformation and things of that nature. It was in 2010. The concern I have is Klaus Schwab has now, then he's not even beating around the bush. He's saying like, they held an event 201. They didn't even name it something else. They called it event 201 for the cyber attack. Yeah. Wow. Right. And so knowing that if you just say like, Hmm, when you're like six or seven years old and you start playing with pattern recognition, you know, circle, circle, triangle, circle, circle. (laughs) What comes next? You know what I'm saying? Like triangle, triangle. You're watching Sesame Street with your kid. You know, it's like, okay, within a matter of months, at some point in 2022, we should see some cyber attack of various forms. Now now that could be the question I had from him was like, does that come in the form of uh, the grid going down? Is that a nuke getting shot off in the upper atmosphere? Is it, um, which effectively shuts down the grid in all of North America? Um, the one second after is a phenomenal book on what would happen in that, you know, one second after the nuke goes off or is that just, you know, someone hacks hacks, my, my fucking bank accounts and, and I'm trying to get my money back the rest of the year. Yeah. Who knows? Right. But he didn't have an answer for that. I imagine with how they word it, it's bigger than getting, you know, a few thousand dollars taken out of your bank account. Yeah. You know, they're saying that it would make Klaus Schwab the bond supervillain is saying it will make covid-19 look like a walk in the park that's verbatim quote air quotes yeah. how he put it right yeah
1: man i i don't these sociopathic people are so entertaining what i don't understand is like there's klaus schwab basically creating evidence we're going to do a cyber attack Like on video, it's like so blatant and out in the open. And of course, the the propaganda spin on that is Klaus Schwab is so altruistic that he and his team are practicing to defend in case there's a cyber attack. But pattern recognition would have us say like, okay, you're you're either practicing to defend against it or you're practicing it. And... (laughs) Uh, I know where I would put bet my money on on what he's doing, and and but with that said, we were talking a uh, uh, second ago about get, giving our power away. So the Bond supervillains of the world only have influence over us to the degree that we give it to them. Now I think when it comes to like the world economic forum and everybody associated with that. We've given them so much power in the form of how centralized we've become centralized food supply, centralized banking, centralized big tech. So freedom of speech is centralized. And I think we're living in a time where the way to win on a individual cellular level is for us to look at our families and basically become decentralized in all senses of the term, like decentralized with our food. So becoming more self-responsible, growing some of our own food, our own water, becoming decentralized with our money. So people massively into Bitcoin. And then I think being decentralized with our communications right now, we're all so reliant on big tech, but yeah, I think we're we're in a place where people are waking up, realizing we've got to take control. We've got to become decentralized because when we do that, we have the power. When we're fully centralized, Klaus Schwab wants to hit the the like power grid button, then he's doing it, and we're affected unless we're prepared. So, also, I I think the biggest form of sp- centralization that's hurt us is centralization of our information. So we look at the Fauci's, the Schwab's, the the Gates, the, the CNN's and look at like, wow, we wouldn't be in nearly this much of a mess if people weren't outsourcing their truth to these untrustworthy sources of news. But when we realize that's propaganda and then we start to realize, oh, I, I need to get my point of view in a decentralized way, which basically means through my own fucking eyes, my own observations, doing research from a variety of sources and drawing our own conclusions. So on the good part of all the tyrannical horseshit that's happening, I think people are waking up for sure and taking their power back in very functional ways by decentralizing themselves slowly and progressively.
0: Yeah, we have, we have uh, that as an opportunity and at the same time a responsibility. You know, we can. Uh, Ike says there's three groups of people. <clears throat> and group one is the, <clears throat> they announce it on the news, the governor tells you to do it, and you say, yes, sir, and you just go get in line. Group two is I really don't want to do what they're saying, and I think something's a little off, but I'm afraid, so I'm going to do it anyways. And the fear could be anything, fear of losing your job, fear of getting granny sick, fear of what your friends will think of you, right. whatever that fear is. Uh, which then they still fall in line, but though that group two is the closest to jump to group three, and group three is the one that says this looks fucking weird, it smells weird, and I know better because of X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take my own risks, and I'm gonna make my own decision. It's gonna be different, um, and I don't give a fuck what people say about that, right? Group three has grown massively, exponentially in the last year, not initially, but in the last year it has, yeah. and it's people coming from group two that are making group three grow. Um, so I think there's a lot of promise there in that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of it too. But you know, you talk about decentralized, if you really deconstruct the, it's funny cause like I, I've talked about this with kids and you know, you're a dad now, growing up in a time where we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have iPads, we didn't have these things, right? But then when you have it at birth, it's a different level. This has always been here, right? Yeah. You have no concept of history. Like, there was a time before electricity. What? I, re- I remember hearing that when I was a kid. I'm like, I don't believe it. Yeah. And my what?
1: grandparents talking about how they never had a TV
0: until yeah. they were, like, adults. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't think that's right. Why do we have candles? They're fucking lame. <laughs> You're like, well, if the power goes out, the power doesn't go out. Exactly. You know, look, um, the light switch. You just turn it back on. So, you know, beginning to to pull ourselves back a layer, you know, big bird medicine, not big bird from Sesame street, who's pro job, but really like (laughs) big, big birds, my leading source of medical information, by the way, (laughs) just fucking hammer these kids at a young age. Everyone's doing it. Uh, anywho, uh, that's a, that's a side note. Um, if we pull ourselves back out of, you know, what we are born with and what, you know, maybe we, the, the ways things go, you know, like, um, it's easy to use electricity as an example, right? We had it as, as kids, um, great grandparents might've had it, you know, or not had it their whole lives. Um, Dr. Will Tagle, who's, who's, uh, early eighties, phenomenal guy I've had on the podcast. He, he spoke, he's been in Texas his whole life. He spoke about 1965 or 1968 is when they got air conditioning in Texas. Hmm. Now they've had buildings here, big ass skyscrapers for a while, right? So like not for the whole time, but people will be working their skyscrapers, windows open. It's a Texas summer. And the guy's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to leave work early to get it on with my wife. It's been too hot for the last two weeks. But now the temperature dropped just enough that it's comfortable, right? Like think of how that would shape your life, not having air conditioning. Um, So I I think of things like that, and I know this is going on a long, windy road, but um, A, can I provide it for myself? B, what does it mean to go without can we survive? And this is a good question. Like you may be in California. And you're like, fuck yeah, we don't have a winter. We don't have a hard summer. And you might be somewhere else. Like if you're in Alaska, you're for damn sure certain of how you provide your own heat and your own, own cool. I mean, especially yeah. heat, right? Um, but if you don't have, like Texas doesn't have, Southern Texas where we are, doesn't necessarily have the infrastructure for cold weather like we're experiencing. It's snowing right now. Last year, this is probably the third or fourth time we've seen snow in the last four years. But last year was the apocalypse, And I had Dane Wiggington on. Uh, he's a documentary filmmaker, The Dimming. It's available on YouTube. I'll link to that in the show notes. Certainly worth watching. But beyond that scope, it's just understanding like, if you live somewhere cold, you already have thought of that. Your parents probably thought of that. You might have a wood-burning stove in the center of your house, like my nana did. You know, like, yeah, you throw some logs in the fire, that'll heat the whole fucking place and then some. Um, but there are things we need to do to think about that. And then once we have it, we no longer have to think about it. Yeah. Right? I know a lot of people in Austin that got kicked out of their apartments from pipes being busted. Um, then they had mold after that, right? So like a serious cascade of events and then a lot of them just went back to a different apartment. It's like, maybe we start thinking about how to be a little, you know, change the infrastructure a little bit so that we're in a little bit more power um, when shit hits the fan. And then if you do that, you're good. Like I've talked many times on this podcast about after having Rob Wolf on about making a little apocalypse pantry or shit hits the fan pantry, right? It's important when you're a dad, I've got probably 50 gallons of water. It's not a year supply, but it's it's a decent amount. We got filters, so I can filter pond water and drink that. We've got um, you know twenty bags of twenty pounds organic rice from Costco. Same Different things, you know, and then other things you don't necessarily think of, tampons. Uh, toilet paper. Uh, by the way,
1: thank you for recognizing that guys like you and I need tampons because we've <laughs> learned tough. from the latest science men can menstruate, and of course they deplatform <laughs> people now for saying that men can't menstruate. So, thank you, Kyle. Uh, what do you by- mean I can't get pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you look pregnant, so <laughs> I want you to know my crotch
0: feels bloody right now. Go on. All right. Yeah, it's, it can. You know, it can make make the crotch weep a little bit having conversations like this. <laughs> But but you th- you know you, you you build something out like that and then I don't fucking think about it. Yeah. When I run to the store, do I grab an extra can of uh, an extra six pack of tuna? Cool. Yeah. How much did it cost me? Fucking twenty bucks. Yeah. Big deal. It's not like now I need to invest three thousand dollars in the work. No, yeah. man. You're just tacking onto the end of the bill, and I know the bases are covered. How do I know that? Because people lost power for a week last year, yeah. and even though we didn't we fed eight people when they couldn't leave town like Kings. Right. And it's just doing a little bit of that. That makes, makes the, the bandwidth open back up so we can start to think about other things. It does. And when I look at the, the level
1: of prepping that I think guys like you and I have done, you know, AKA taking our power back, there's no downside to it. So it's like, if the shit never hits the fan and I certainly hope it doesn't, Great. There's no downside. Like there, there's only upside. We cool. We've got extra food. And worst case scenario, it goes bad. But how much more peace of mind do you have knowing you and your family aren't going to have to go cannibalize neighbors if we lose power, the power grid shut down for three days? So there's just no downside. And and I look at you know I, I think a lot of our friends have been buying ranches and starting to grow their own food and you look at well that that's only upside people are getting more connected to the earth and hopefully these fallback strategies are never needed and even if they're not cool you, you and your family are learning to grow
0: vegetables
1: learning to hunt that's fucking awesome
0: yeah will Tegel talked about that I, I was complaining to him early on about um, you know the laughable backyard I have in the suburbs of Austin like I, I originally got this place because of our proximity to the airport and proximity to on it when I was working there. And it's like, fuck, I travel all the time. Uh, it's nice to, you know, $5 Uber to the airport. Yeah. I don't have to wake my wife up when I'm getting out at 5. AM and, um, there's many positives there, but now it was like, Oh, it's shit hitting the fan and everything. I need to be the fuck out of a city. I still find that to be a good idea. Uh, one of the first things that turned me on to Ike potentially being correct, at least in some of the things he was saying was seeing that there's, Uh, a camera on every streetlight in this neighborhood and that that was advertised as a good thing you know who's that going to fucking google (laughs) what what the hell is that for um you know i had some weird guy taking photos in front of my house i think it was the bank for um verification of address for appraisal right and i was told they were going to send somebody over it was black unmarked car so i asked like the guy who's doing the construction there and he's like i have no idea where that feed goes I'm like, that's a fucking problem. Just a bit. That's a problem. Um, so, anywho, you know, that's a side note. Uh, still think, you know, smart grid cities are happening. They watch them. You watch them happen. They're happening right now. Free Alexa when I moved here. Um, free free things that have uh, microphones in them, mm. right? Uh, Alexa, the you know the the app, the uh, AI is always free. But the free Sonos that had a, a microphone in it. And then, you know, like another example of this with what's happening in tech, that's fairly obvious was Google bought Nest from Amazon, not because they couldn't make one just as good, but because Nest was the brand name. When they purchased Nest, they put a video camera in Nest without telling anyone it's a fucking it's your it's your thermometer dial. And there's just a video camera in there. What why on earth do you need a video camera where you turn the temperature up and down? This is this is but this is the smart grid getting built out, right? Um, most people that invest or, or look into getting solar will have laws in the city they're in where it has to go to the city's grid first and then you get payment for that or coupon based on what you use. And you could have batteries and all that and fill them first in case the power goes out, but you the solar is not going to you, right? So when they shut down a grid, you're fucked too. You could have batteries that get you through six hours of the night or however long, maybe you got a lot of dough and you have 10 Tesla or Tesla walls that are like 10 grand each. So you spend a hundred grand on batteries. That's gonna last a week max, right? It's not a long time, Um, but there's there's little things like that. The smart grid's happening. Pay attention to that. Um, If you don't know if you're not going to grow your own food, the reason I brought up Will, I know I'm jumping all over the place. I'm excited to have you here. This tiny ass backyard, I'm complaining to Will. I'm like, I'm not on a ranch yet. And he says, um, he says, you know, whatever footprint you have, even if it's the back of an apartment and you've got some house plants there, every landmark creates its own eco field. And that look at, you think of like little ripples shooting out, like a drop of a pebble in a pond. And whoever's, uh, using their intention to connect to that land in the exact location they're in starts to send ripples out. Mm. And the more of those ripples that connect, the stronger that eco field becomes, right? Like, uh, and you know, there's different things that interact with the eco field. uh, EMF does electromagnetic frequency can, can hinder that. Um, Being off in the woods in, in uh, the Pacific Northwest where uh, Paul Stamets, Grabs mushrooms. That's a different eco field than Central Park in New York. Yeah, but Central Park in New York still has its own eco field, right? So it's like don't don't be concerned with where you're at if it's in a city or not. Don't be concerned with um, you know the EMF. Like make your own eco field stronger. And mm. we've done that. And I really can feel it. You step into my backyard, and it's like ah oh, sanctuary. And how do you go about strengthening the eco field? You planned it. You you have a, you have a relationship with the land, no matter okay. what it is, whether it's just you're just planting wachuma or you're just planting banana trees or you're just, and we did, you know, bamboo in the backyard to give a little bit more coverage and privacy. We did a couple apple trees, a plum tree. We got wachuma in the ground, which is legal to grow. If you're listening and you're part of the fuzz, (laughs) Um, we have uh, some banana trees, which I'm really hoping we wrapped them this year that we don't lose them. Yeah. Um, Just little things like that. We did roses in the front, some different vines. We've got trellised up like white lily. And it's, and it's, and it's literally like, we'll go to great outdoors or, or, you know, the local nursery. And it's like, what would be cool to put in the ground? And bear yeah. loves it. You know, it's like a way to bring the kids into nature where we can dig into the soil and put some good organic soil down. And, you know, at the turn of each season we have our pruning season. Then we have, oh, this is the fertilizer season. Okay. What are we going to yeah. put down for fertilizer? Let's use some really good organic compost, how do they make it, daddy? Oh, it comes from bat poop. They call it guano and fish heads. And he's like, ew, yucky. And I'm like, hey, you can touch it with your hands. It's okay to touch. Yeah. You know, And we're sprinkling that at the base of these things. And they all do well with it. It's those little things that weave in our connection point. And when we have that connection point, we're not disconnected from our food. Yeah. We're not disconnected from nature, whether we're in a city or not. That's awesome. We're uh, on that note, we're putting a food forest in our backyard. Do you know Jim Gale? Yeah. So Jim's name has come up a bunch of times. He introduced he, me to a guy named Chad Johnson, which is kind of Jim's expert for larger scale great. operations. So that's who we're using out at OBS Ranch in Lockhart. And he's doing probably, I want to say like a 20 acre chunk we're going to remodel. It's going to be a massive fucking orchard. That's um, amazing. Yeah. If you guys are ever in, in the shit, I'll give you the address. You just drive your way out there. You're taken care of. Uh, uh, I will be there. Yeah. And, and and I know you've got Tucker and all the other good people that are telling you the same shit. But yeah, it, you always got a spot. It's brother. good to have powerful friends. And and with
1: like the food forest, and it's interesting just hearing like, oh, that actually creates a powerful eco field. Cause like we're looking at that and, and it's just like our highest joy thinking about like, awesome. Like we're going to put this in wilder. We'll be teaching him how to grow stuff, compost, pick his own food. And it's just like, man, with a, a little boy, any, any kid, I don't think there's anything better you can do with them aside from showering them with love, but getting them intentionally connected
0: to the earth, the ground and Knowing how to grow food from an early age. And knowing where it comes from too, yeah. right? I mean, that's the beauty of hunting as well as growing your own food. Um, we'll link to a video our buddy Del Bigtree did from the High Wire with Jim Gale and foodforcedabundance.org, I think, is the website. But we'll have that in the show notes so people can check it out. You may have a backyard as small as mine or you may be looking at a property and you want some really high-level assistance. Jim's a great guy and so is Chad, you know, and, and Chad works with Jim directly. Yeah. So, um, I want to offer that to everybody. Let's talk a little bit about Dell. You just had a fucking big event out in DC. Tell us about yeah. the event. Yeah. So the event was a couple of weeks ago, is called the March
1: against the mandates in DC. And it was all about people from all different, you know, lines of division that we like to divide people and, and beliefs. There were, uh, you know, vaccine advocates and there were anti-vaxxers. There were Democrats, Republicans, every ethnicity, every religion. So is everybody uniting over freedom? And of course, if you're for freedom, that means you have to protect yourself against anything that's anti-freedom and freedom and mandates are like oil and water. That you're not going to have both in the same space. And we're living in a time where I truly believe that we'll either be telling our grandchildren about what freedom was about or about what mandates were. And I know where you and I are putting our life energy. So the mandates were all about standing up for our freedom and also making sure our kids and grandkids have a good world to live in. Over 40,000 beautiful, peaceful, passionate freedom lovers came out to have their voices heard and take a stand against these tyrannical mandates And you got to picture this. It was, the event took place on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. That's where the speakers were. Crowd was, you know, between that and the looking pond and even surrounding the looking pond or reflecting pond, whatever it's called. (laughs) And I had the great honor of speaking there and emceeing the whole event. And man, like it starts off with high, high res and Jimmy Lee, uh, Levy. Have you by chance heard their music? No, bro. It's, they're They're rappers, they've written music specifically about what's going on. It is so potent i've been I was listening to it this morning. i repeat I'll send you the links, yeah, please, but everybody out there check out high Res and jimmy levy their Their two primary songs I'm thinking of are um one is ah shit, something revolution and war, so type those and you'll find them so they start off with a performing, then I get to do an opening speech, and then we had speakers there, just the, the crusaders right now, the guys that are going to go on Mount Rushmore of, of freedom when this is all said and done. We had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We had Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, so many others, and then closing it out was Del Big Tree. And holy hell, like if you watch Braveheart and think like dude, William Wallace's speeches like they make you want to run through a wall, dude Del Big Tree 10x that. <laughs> Just his passion, his knowledge, his bravery. Man, I was blown away and and, and you can go on Rumble and you know, search terms, you, Type in Defeat Mandates DC and different clips will come up. Yeah, you can type in Del Beg Tree, get his clip. It was just amazing. So to be able to be a part of that selfishly was such a joy and an honor. And then selflessly being able to contribute to this movement of freedom and not just freedom, but you passionately standing up for it, being voices for those without a voice, that just feels it just feels like I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm doing my best to serve my higher purpose now. And in this, this March against the mandates in DC, I mean, it's the same energy as now the freedom convoy of truckers in Canada. You look at these people and it's like, Holy hell, they're, they're putting their jobs on the line. They are out in the butt ass cold in Canada and and. You, Here's the common denominator with these guys or the Dr. Robert Malones, Adele Big Trees, Robert F. Kennedy's. The common denominator is you have people whose hearts are in the right place. But here's the thing they also have the bravery to risk losing everything in order to do what's right and in order to better the world and people. I think right now we have some fence sitters. Who you know they they'd sit down with you and I and be like, bro fist bump i I'm with you on all that i I believe that it's fucking terrible what's happening, and we gotta, but there's a lot of people in the closet who aren't willing to risk losing everything, like I look at the way you are, like your conversations on the podcast what you post on social media you're not a guy playing it safe." you're a guy who's willing to risk losing everything because i think you know what matters and you you know you have kids you have a family so you have a relationship with god so you know what matters and and i think the more people and it's growing every day the more we can all get to a point where we're willing to risk losing everything then man we're in a good spot and i think the paradox is we gain everything when we are truly willing to risk losing everything. But we got to go through the fear of sometimes like, dude, I've had f- fears of thinking I'm going to lose my audience thinking "Oh fuck, this video is going to get me deplatformed, but I got to post it. But man, <laughs> is that every video you're trying to send out? You're like every nah, fucking one enter, of
0: them. Enter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And it, and I'm, I'm mm. an idiot in many ways, but here's a couple of ways I'm smart. One I know the hot button terms that would get me deplatformed like this. So I do my best to say what I have to say without saying it directly. So jokes on the censors, they've actually made me a better creator because it's not very creative to just have a point of view and say it literally. It's great. It's informative. We need that. But for comedy and creation, it's too literal. So, I've been forced to get more creative with speaking and acting and metaphors and and analogies. Like, uh, did you see the
0: couple videos I did on the life jackets? That's what I was just thinking. That it's 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 parable like Jesus spoke. You know, like it's so great. the, got it, we'll link to this in the show notes, but please dive into it. Yeah, it's yeah. The I,
1: best. I, I was just gonna say, you know the the gist of the videos. If you haven't seen them and they're short, you can watch them. But I, I'm wearing a life jacket, and I'm I'm demanding everybody else wear a life jacket. Even if they're not in water, it's fine. But you got to wear a life jacket, or else my life jacket isn't gonna work. People are like, bro, I, I've got I, I know how to swim. I've got this natural ability to swim. No, 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 no that, that doesn't exist. You got to wear a life jacket. So that video was obviously all about vaccines. Didn't mention the word vaccine once, didn't have any vaccine terminology in it. And that's thanks to the censors. I had to speak in metaphors and analogies. And I know the AI, it's getting more sophisticated every day. So the the, the second point I was going to mention about how I'm actually smart. Again, we can get to my list of being an idiot. (laughs) That's much longer. But my other point of being smart is knowing my days on big tech are numbered. It's not if, but when do I get deplatformed? I'm going to be intelligent and do my best to stay on for as long as I can, because that's the way I get to reach people. But, I don't want to get kicked off. The censorship is growing all the time and I'm not willing to silence myself in order to play it safe and keep everything I've built. Fuck that. I'm not going to sell my soul. I'm not going to have nothing under the illusion of thinking I have everything. So that's why, you know, I'm... You know, diversifying myself in business. I'm diversifying myself. You know, I'm you know now got a presence on Rumble, Gitter, things like that. Um, and as you know, I'm super heavily involved in growing and developing Zion, which is if you don't know, it's the the uh, first uh, social network built on the Bitcoin blockchain. So it's impossible to censor. It's fully decentralized. And when you look at the Rumbles and the Getters of the world. I'm so glad they're there. I truly hope they succeed. I think they're doing amazing. I'm on those. But those things only take a step away from the problem, whereas what we're doing at Zion is we're seeking to solve the problem. Um, So anyway, uh, you and I are going to get deplatformed at some point. So, But in the meantime, I'm personally doing my best to be on as long as I can, keep reaching people, but also knowing, yeah. one day I'll wake up and I'll see a message your account's been
0: deleted and I'll be like cool it's a good run yeah yeah it took us it took us a while but I finally started getting friends sending me pictures from Instagram where it says you cannot mention at living with the Kingsbury's yeah. because they've, they've, uh, made too many posts that were misinformation for COVID-19. Yeah. A- Amber's it like, got it fucking the- took you all long enough. Yeah. <laughs> it really took you guys. <laughs> Y'all long- should have done that a long time ago on
1: Kyle. <laughs> uh, my wife's, you know, Amber's got the same restrictions. You can't tag her and yeah. yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, now we're living in, um, I think as of the recording of this, we're sitting on top of a monumental time. And and it's weird. It revolves around one person. But I think what happens, whether it's for the good or the bad, it's going to set a powerful precedent. And, of course, I'm talking about Joe Rogan and Spotify. Of course, immense pr- pressure from the rage mob to get Spotify to deplatform him. And then immense pressure on the other side to get spotify to keep them on and of course we all know it'd be a terrible business move if spotify kicked them off cuz like one they lose all that rogan money
0: and two everyone fucking i mean you've got how many 100 million people that would quit their spotify membership you, on the spot just to spite them
1: just to spite them absolutely so it would it, it would be actually irresponsible to stockholders if spotify kicked them off but still I don't know the political dealings, the backdoor deals, and you know what Spotify's regulations they'd be threatened with if they don't toe the line. So I'll be interested how that plays out because if, if Spotify kicks Rogan off, I think the weather's going to get
0: pretty dark and cold. I do feel that wherever he goes, I mean, it's kind of almost like when Howard Stern started Sirius XM and there were different companies at the time, but wherever he went, it was just like, Oh, Stern's on this now. Yeah. Right. And and, then his following went there. Um, Even if iTunes said, fuck off, he would find an Avenue and that would drive so much traffic there. Even if it wasn't for, even if they couldn't pay him a hundred million dollars or whatever the, I think it was a hundred million dollars for the Spotify contract over the course of so many years. Um, Even if they can't shell out that kind of dough, they certainly can offer him something. And then, then at the yeah. very least, he's still making spot. he loves doing what he's doing, right? Yeah. He's it, still gonna make sponsorship dollars. He's still gonna have his platform. And then sure. we might even see more robust for I know a lot it, of people, myself included, for the first year were like, Joe, when are you gonna have a fucking real doctor on that's gonna tell you what's going on in the world yeah. and stop making it these mainstream fuckos or an Alex Jones? Yeah. Right? Like it's easy to discredit Alex Jones and just say, This guy's crazy. He's talking about you know, Luciferic Satan worshiping children eating blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, and whether that's true or not, it's like if that's the guy at the tur- end, of- <laughs> if it <laughs> guy turns out to be right, a lot <laughs> he does, he does just like Ike. But um, he's easy to dismiss. Sure. You know, the Jones guy, the guy who said um, denied the Sandy Hill shots. You know, like, these course. kind of things, right? Like he, he becomes very easy to lump into a box, similar to the drawings. And I'm doing a square gesture right now of um. You know the premeditated box of conspiracy theorist, um, far right, alt right, um, neo Nazi, fascist. You know, and then just and then anti vaxer, flat earther, and it's just like, oh, if you if you if you have any of this, we're gonna put this box, yeah, right there and wipe clean, right, swipe right with um, with Peter Corey, who re- originally I think was going on dark horse with uh, Dr. Brett Weinstein. Right. Weinstein's been a long time Rogan guest. Yeah, He's a brilliant dude, you know, all the way through Evergreen. Uh, he's, he's one of the premier topics in the madness of crowds by Douglas Murray, my favorite book in 2020. They go through the, the whole thing that happened there in really, you know, the indoctrination at the college level and how he would, didn't play a part of that. He, you know, he's, he's not a conspiracy guy, but he is, a uh, you know, he's a professor of biology at yeah. one of the top schools in the fucking world, right? So his commentary has been super valuable. And then, of course, you know, he finds Peter Corey and America's Frontline uh, Doctors and started doing a lot with them. They both go on Rogan's. That was the first little chink in the armor, you know, yeah. when they started talking ivermectin. And I really want to push people to read or listen to uh, The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., because— in that there is so much. There's an hour just on hydroxychloroquine. There's an hour and a half just on ivermectin and how these things get swept under the rug and, and debunked by mainstream media. But that was really Rogan's like entry point, and I still wanted more. Yeah. Now we've gotten McCullough and Robert Malone, and it's like fuck yeah, get Michael Yeadon, the former VP of Pfizer. Like just go down yeah. the list. But I can see with this pushback. It'll be interesting if he stays on Spotify, if he's able to continue to have these people who aren't fringe, who aren't an Alex Jones, if he can continue to have them on that come from all walks of life because we've seen, you know, the former VP of Pfizer, Michael Yeadon, speak out against this shit, who yeah. was like one of the smartest people in the company and a vaccine advocate and developer for decades, right? And and Malone, the, the inventor of mRNA technology for vaccines. Like these aren't, the, these aren't small fries no. in the game. This isn't, you know, a clerk at Merck. Or, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it's like. But it the, did. These and are, we're <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> these are high level people. And I, yeah. I want him to continue that because as you dive into books like The Real Anthony Fauci, it does turn out that there's a good list of really credible people who, you know, lifelong were. A part of whatever system they were involved in. And it was only in the last two years that they started to speak out. You know, we've spoken a lot about freedom on this. Um, I had a friend try to help bridge the gap with man and a person online um on one of the apps. I won't mention which, but um, you know, she said, Well, you're, you know, you're about freedom and sovereignty, and she's about mandates, you know, and just oversimplification, right? <laughs> and I was like, I'm actually not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about freedom by default, but there's no point in either one of our lives where we were singing glory, glory, hallelujah, with the fucking American flag on the back of our truck, like fighting for freedom. That, that, that's not, you know, we weren't in the military. Right. Um, I've been about health and wellness and performance really through fighting. Both of us have trained with the master Paul Check. You know, and you've got even even more training under him. You've understood that well. You've understood. You know, you've been a comedian. You've um, you've been really awesome with pointing out the the all the jokes and hystericalness of woke culture and over spirituality. And um, but all that to say, like neither one of us started as, hey, this is the most important thing, and it's worth fighting and dying for. No,
1: we we weren't Tim Kennedy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and loved him for being fucking Tim Kennedy. Yeah. Right. But that's, that wasn't us until it had to be us. Until the, you know, the, the fish doesn't know
1: it's swimming in water. Still, you, until you start taking some of the water away. So, uh, I didn't know freedom was my number one value until spring of 2020 when freedom start getting taken away. And, and I remember yeah, you know, was it like March fifteenth, the day after like the shit really hit the fan? Yeah, you know, we were in the first two weeks, and that was before we all figured it out. It, you know, I I was buying into it, and but I remember having conversations saying like, all right, like it looks like this coronavirus is really deadly. That's like back when we thought fucking ten percent of the world's population was going to die, but I, the conversations were still like. I don't, I don't think it's right to force businesses to shut down the freedoms, you know, that's a slippery slope and and I think people should do the right thing and not go out, you know, again, when we thought it was all super going to be contagious and deadly all the time. But like, even then, like before I figured out there's immense tyranny behind this, I was still looking at the freedoms like, man, I don't, I don't think it's right to like make people give up their freedoms. And now we've seen every constitutional right absolutely trampled on by our own government. And that's what's woken me up to appreciate the waters I've been swimming in and be willing to fight and die for preserving these beautiful, clean,
0: pristine waters called freedom yeah the thing that's coming up for me as you talk about this is I, I was very similar. I think I heard Tony Robbins, who your buddies with, on his podcast. He had seven medical doctors, yeah. all super prominent. Two were from Stanford, a couple from the Cleveland Clinic, one from the Mayo Clinic, one from the, se- the former senator from Minnesota. All of them universally said masks don't work for viral load. They work for bacteria, and there's there's a there's a reason we wear them in operations and things like that. Um, But even then, there's no standard, right? So we're talking KN95 as the ability to clear out anything five microns and up. All viruses are under five microns. Um, You know, our uh, buddy, Dr. Kirk Parsley, Navy SEAL and medical doctor for the SEALs, medical doctor currently for high-performance people, you know, he said it's not off on the analogy of, uh, you know, a mask trying to stop a virus. is like a chain-link fence trying to stop a mosquito, that mathematically is not far off, right? Like that blows my fucking mind. And, and it still blows my mind. And the reason it's still like worth mentioning two years into this about masks is because most people aren't living like we are in Texas. You, you leave this state, they're doing two-week, we've done a couple of road trips last year, driving through New Mexico of all places. They've got signs from the governor, minimum two-week quarantine upon arrival. We're still doing that? What? Yes. That's still that, happening? Dude, that's
1: like putting leeches on you if you get a cold. Like, <laughs> I like let's suck this let's out of me. Bloodletting. Blood Jesus, yeah. that's so
0: cut them open. Real medieval. <laughs> quick. All right, we're, we're doing quarantine. stuff. Do you still? have headaches. Okay. Let me drill into your brain real quick. Yes, Let, that's to relieve some of that pressure. I think a gas is going to uh, uh, spontaneously seep out, and you'll be fine after that. Um, yeah, it, it is worth mentioning, but you know there. Robbins was kind of the first like mainstream guy where yeah. I was like wow and he brilliantly said hey he's I'm well not done. a doctor let me fucking grab the best and yeah. because he's who he is he could go and grab the best and those were seven at the time seven of the most prom- promising uh active medical doctors from the best places yeah and there was a Nobel prize winner in medicine in mm-hmm. there and yeah yeah and that was one of many topics they covered you know but that was the first like eye opener to this might be fuckery, you know, this might be something that, that um, goes beyond kind of, kind of where our heads are at, you know, with, with with what we think this is, what we're being told on TV and what they want us to believe. But um, I think about that, there's still a lot of places where that's the standard of care. There's, there are more places now where they have quarantine camps built out and, um, you know, mandates across universal mandates. Right. I mean, you listen to like Peter, listen to Peter, I'll link to these in the show notes. Listen to Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone, separate podcasts on Rogan's. We'll link to both of them. McCullough said the children are the last people on earth that would ever need a vaccine. Yeah. Ever. They have the most robust immune systems. We want people to get it. It's all. You cannot get it twice. All have, risk and no reward with yeah. the children. Yeah. And then, you know, overmounting evidence on just what you described in the, in the, uh, in the life jacket video. Like I, there was another meme that said it too, where it was like, imagine a prophylactic, um, a prophylactic uh, vaccine, in which where you took it, you could still get some someone pregnant, and you still had to wear a condom. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah, right. It literally is that simple. Um, but beyond that, the overwhelming evidence we find, and they get into this in in the real Anthony Fauci book, is like the the populations that have the highest vaccination rate also have the highest death rate. They have the highest sickness rate and they can look at this because there's countries in Europe that had 86% of the population vaccinated, right? I think Israel's right up there. Israel, Gibraltar. There's a few of them where it was like, we rolled this out and they could see in stages. It's like by, you know, the first quarter they had done 46%. Then by Q3, they had 50%. And then by the end of the year, they had 80%, right? And so they can see the waves of illness. It's, it's, It's fucking mind blowing to see like the evidence come out. I mean, um, anywho. So I highly encourage people to read that. And I know I've got some, some listeners that are still in group number two. They're like, yeah, you know, maybe there's some weird shit going on. Um, but you're still getting your news from CNN or what have you, you know? And they think like the, you know, the, the McCullough's and the Malone's are just, you know, Quacks, there was another thing that popped into my head while I was on the shitter the other day. when thinking of guys like Joe Mercola. No one wakes up in the morning and says, if you're a medical doctor, especially, or a professional, no one wakes up and says, I'm going to throw away my 30-year career in medicine <laughs> for a book deal, right? I'm going to write this one book that's totally counter-narrative. It will ruin me in my profession, but I'm going to make so much money on this book making fucking pennies on the dollar yeah. for the a, a publisher that doesn't want to publish it. Yeah. Or I got to self publish and I'm going to tank my fucking career in all credibility. And, and it just doesn't happen that way. So like people, the, the idea that you're going to look at, you know, when you're weighing your options of towing the line, keeping your job, doing all the reasons to not speak out versus speaking out, there's no, it's not financially incentivized to it, tank your own career. It's a stupid career move to if
1: you're a doctor short term anyway. I think it's a stupid career move to be honest and stand up for what you see is really going on, but long term I think it's a great career move. I mean, you like Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough even I mean, God forbid they they have their licenses revoked and I don't think that's off the table. But even if they did, long-term, like, all right, now there's a planet that sees these guys as brave warriors who risked everything they had for our betterment. We see them, you know, like as kind of like William Wallace's, they're rock stars of bravery, freedom, and true medicine. So you just think, oh, the world will continue supporting them in one way or another. It'll, And I think the more someone is dialed in with the awareness to know what their heart and their own critical thinking is uh, saying, as well as the courage to act on it, the more people do that, I think that the better it is as far as how the world comes out to support you. I know, you know, personally, for me, by the way, I'm just concluding my rant about, well, I think it's bad for business short-term, but long-term, I think you always win out when you're on the side of truth. I know for myself, when like spring of 2020, I start realizing, oh shit, like this, this COVID thing, it's not about a virus. And this is like so divisive. This is weird. Like I'm just calling out the hypocrisy and the the lies that are trying to take people's freedom. And why is that divisive? I thought everybody was for freedom, but anyway, it it's divisive. So I looked at that and said like, oh, I, I think this is going to be bad for my business. I have to be dedicated to my truth. There, there's not a choice, but I think the choice I'm making will be bad for business. I'll lose audience. And I had a big audience before, but it's just been exponential growth as far as the audience size and business of how the world is showing up to support me. And yeah, so with that said, concluding my rant, a friend of mine named Kyle Cease says, our minds can measure what we can lose, but they can't measure what we're going to gain. And when we have someone, no offense, but acting like a pussy, you see, you see evil, you know it's there, you know something's not right, but you stay in the closet because you're afraid of whatever, feeling like a black sheep, you're afraid of being made fun of, you're afraid of losing something, you're being a pussy, and I assure you, the world will support you more if you are dedicated to truth. I think truth is where the abundance is. And if we're uh, fearing like a a lack of abundance because of truth, I think that's gonna show up in in our lives as well to remind us like, hey, God, your higher self, whoever, they want you aligned with truth. They don't want you aligned with this pussy energy
0: that's playing it safe because you're a coward. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know we've got a uh, we got we got short time here. I'm just trying to think of um some other things to probe you on. What do you have coming up? You're always into these really cool ass events. Like you've done the Texas for the Nexus event um which our friends Mickey Willis and Dr. David E. Martin are a big part of. Yeah. Um you went out to to DC. You got anything else coming up here where you're going to do? Well, Viper? well,
1: aside from my own comedy shows which I just love there's a, let's see, in Canton, Ohio, it's either February 17th or 18th. I think it's February 18th. I'll be speaking there. It's called a Reawaken America event. And they, they've been doing these Reawaken America events all around the country in mega churches. Uh, I believe they're two-day events. they I mean, they'll have everyone from Donald Trump Jr. to... Uh, JP Sears, Jim Brewer, performing there, and just all these freedom-fighting crusaders who are speaking to empower people on their relationship with higher power. Because I think we we need that. Whatever your higher power is, however you interpret it. But there's a reason why communism bans religion because we're very empowered when we know we're connected to something greater than ourselves. So they empower people on, on that line. They po- empower people to have a strong nuclear family because we know that's, that's the beginning of how all this happened. Just breakdown of the nuclear family, empowering people with legit information like Mickey Willis speaks at these events as well. So yeah, I'm stoked for that coming up. And, you know, I'll be doing a a children's health defense fundraiser, your Robert F. Kennedy Junior's organization that's in California, I think next weekend. So, you know, it I am so grateful that I get to be a part of so many of these historic events that are taking part, representing the side of history that
0: I want to be on yeah no doubt, and I think for people that aren't certain, you know like we 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 can't measure you can measure you know what was to a degree. you can remember what was, but what was is gone yeah. and it's no longer like a cliche. What we had before is fucking long gone. It'll Very never be twenty nineteen again ever. um I don't know what the future holds when we do the right thing, but so i'm willing I'm willing to dive into that unknown because we do know where it goes. If we acquiesce, that's it. And the Yeonmi Park episode, uh, North Korean defector Oof. from from uh, North Korea who's on Joe Rogan's, we'll link to that in the show notes. That'll tell you within three generations, they went from having some degree of sovereignty to having no fucking clue, any any clue of what that meant. And you know, you speak to religion, uh, Kim Jong Un like took the Jesus story and made it his. So so if you think there's propaganda now. Like when it when 100 percent when there's one TV channel, like there is in um, V for Vendetta. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like when there and there's that's one TV channel in fucking North Korea. When it goes to that, you're getting top down told every facet of your life, yeah. and and it's yeah. I highly recommend listening to that or like like uh, Jordan Peterson warned years ago, read the Gulag Archipelago. It's it's there's three three books three volumes. And in that first book, when they dive into it, you know he's almost—he's not almost—he is bitter at yeah. himself and the population for how um, how much denial of the truth was going on, to where people were like, "I I would rather not wake my 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 neighbors in the apartment as I'm getting drugged out at 3 a.m. from my apartment. Jeez. I'd rather not wake them, and if they're already up, I'm just going to let them know everything's fine." because I don't want to look bad. I don't want, you know, them to think anything's weird. So I'll just say, Oh, it's, it's fine. We're just going down the street. And they'd literally they'd say shit like that while they're getting drug out. Wow. To then spend the next 15 years in enslavement. Right, man. I, I think the,
1: the mindset that says, Kyle, you're crazy. That could never happen here. That's the mindset that allows things to happen here and to happen again. And, and to me, you, the wisest thing that we can be aware of in this time we live in is what you just said, pattern recognition. History will repeat itself if we don't recognize the patterns, but if we do recognize the patterns, guess what? You don't have to live through the full pattern. You, you start to like the Holocaust as a pattern, What's happening now has similar imprint to the beginning stages of that, and yeah, different literal circumstances you know vaccines and it's not about Jewish people it's unvaccinated people, but the pattern is there, and when we recognize patterns we're empowered, but it takes a lot of humbleness and courage to recognize a pattern that's happening. Have you seen? Um, I I think I originally saw it from Mike Dillard, uh, and I can send it to you, but there's like a a meme of the 10 stages of genocide.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw it from Mike as well.
1: So you recognize the pattern. I think we're at stage number four now. You say, well, genocide is not happening. No, no, no. The first 40% (laughs) of genocide is happening. It's the pattern recognition. But if you... You know, if you want to be in denial. And by the way, a fucking genocide. And some people are saying a genocide is actually already happening. They're they're saying the the vaccines are intended to be a death shot. I can't validate that. I can't invalidate. Time will, that. time will tell. It, it'll tell. But if you think about like a genocide, that is a traumatic fucking thing to live through. Let alone recognize as happening. So denial is always the first stage of trauma. Like, I mean, just like you were saying, oh, no, 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 like, no, that's not happening here.
0: Or yeah, they're dragging me out, but we're just going down the street. Everything's fine, everybody. Yeah. People would say that's they're denied. innocent and they they remain like, they're just going to, they'll know, they'll find out that I'm innocent. Once we yeah. get there, I answer their questions. They'll, they'll know I'm innocent. They'll release me in five, 10, 15 years goes by if they survive it. Yeah. And then they get to come out. Yeah.
1: History repeats itself if we don't learn from it, and we get to have a brighter future than the historic past if we recognize it and learn from it. And dude, it, it's easier not to, but it it's just like the Matrix. It's tough to wake up, take the wet red pill, the blue pill. Oh, it's the coffin in your comfort zone is so comfy, isn't it? <laughs> but man... A lot of warriors are wanting to wake up now, even though yeah. it's the harder thing to
0: do. Yeah, brother. Well, I fucking love you. I love Amber and Wilder, and I'm so pumped that you guys are here in Austin next to us. Um, where can people find you online? I know you have fucking tremendous YouTube videos. We'll link to the, to the life jacket one and one of the newer <laughs> ones. Um, yeah. Where can people find you?
1: Best place is my website, awakenwithjp.com. Uh, that's
0: the hub for everything. And your podcast? Yeah, podcast The Awaken with JP Sears show. Phenomenal brother. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, brother.
1: And I'ma take you out of dark.